0: Welcome to The House Podcast. We hope today's message resonates with you and inspires you as you grow in your understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. We're glad you're here. It's good just to be together as God's people on on, uh, Resurrection Sunday. It is a special joy because we really gather with believers and are a part of the global church and people that are to gathering together on, on Sunday all throughout the globe, celebrating and worshiping Jesus. It's such a significant part of our own faith as we uh, do this annual remembrance of the cross and the empty tomb and what it means to us in our faith and how significant the resurrection of Jesus is to our faith. Pastor Rick Warren said this How did 12 Peasant, fishermen, tax collectors, and farmers multiply into one out of every three people on the planet. And the answer is the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. He goes on, he says, it split our calendar from the A.D. to the B.C. No other event has impacted the world so much as the resurrection of Christ. Jesus never wrote a book, and yet there are more books written about him than any other subject in the world. Jesus never composed a song, but there is more music written about him than any other subject in history. Jesus never drew a picture or created a sculpture, but more art has been made about him than any other subject in history. And Jesus never traveled more than a hundred miles from where he was and where he was born, and yet you can find his followers in every nook and cranny on the planet. And the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus changed things for his early followers, for the early church, and the resurrection of Jesus changes things for us. Perhaps the most important aspect of the resurrection is to remember that it's far more than an event from past history. Yes, we sing about the empty tomb some 2,000 years ago, But we also sing because the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is alive in us who follow Jesus. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is still alive and active in the world and he is still transforming hearts and minds today. Ponder the significance of this statement, of these words. Knowing about Jesus is not the same as knowing Jesus. There's a subtle and yet significant difference in those two postures, those two positions. You see, it's possible to recognize Jesus as an historical figure. It's possible to even think he said good things and even follow some of what he taught and yet actually not know him. And the empty tomb is more than an historical event that we read about. The empty tomb, the resurrection life of Jesus, is something each of us is invited to experience on our own. Our new series that we're going to start as we go into the spring season ahead is gonna be taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians. And I wanna just take a quick look at a few verses from chapter 1 from the book of Colossians. Colossians 1, 13, 14 reads, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Jesus rescues us from the kingdom of darkness. We often define darkness or associate or think darkness is maybe like defined as the worst evil of evils but scripture would actually define darkness in a bit of a broader definition than that first john 1 5 says god is light and in him there is no darkness at all and darkness scripturally is defined as the absence of light And the dominion of darkness is to live our life outside of the light and the love of Jesus. It might be helpful to think of spiritual darkness as a state of lostness and not knowing our way home or our way out. We can be lost in pain and heartache. We can be lost in loneliness in the disappointment of unfulfilled dreams. We can be lost in the repeated cycles of dysfunction and addiction that go around and around and around and it feels like there's no way out. We can be lost because we don't know the answers to the circumstances that we're facing. And we can even be lost in our successes and our achievements and our accomplishments. We can be lost in our money and our material goods. We can be lost in our vanity and our ego. The Bible goes so far to say every one of us is born spiritually lost. It's part of the human condition known as sin. And we can't find our way out on our own. Romans 7.15, there's this really great little passage of scripture which is so practical and so applicable to our lives today. And it says this in 7.15, I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it Anyway. And that is the conundrum of the human heart and trying to get out of sin and get out of spiritual darkness on our own. It just keeps looping back. When I gave my life to Jesus and I became what we would call saved or born again, I was in grade 10. I was so cool. I was in Saskatchewan growing up, 120 pounds, 5'11", long blonde curly hair, mullet hockey hair. I was so cool. And, um, and I started going to church and started going to youth group, had a great community, great youth ministry. And there was this girl in the church by the name of Angela, this cute blonde. And I thought, man, I have got to figure out how to get to know her. And, um, I've taken all those leadership tests and personality profiles and all those things, and, and, and inevitably in all those things, it always comes back to this, that one of my, my top strengths in my own spiritual gift makeup is like the gift of strategic thinking. Uh, my kids, they think it's the gift of conniving, but it's really the gift of strategic thinking. And... At an early age, I knew how to use that, and so I figured out that there, I'm going I'm to figure a way out. I'm going to make things work. That I'm going to connect with Ange, and and you know we're married to this day. So uh, something must have gone right, but I had it all mapped out, had it all figured out, and so we went to our drop-in rec hockey game after use one night. A bunch of my friends and I would play in the game and all the girls would come and cheer in the stands and we'd all go out for root beer milkshakes or whatever it was when it was all done. And so here we were Friday night, I'd lined it all up with all my friends. My, my friend had this cool Mustang and uh, I made it so that they would all get in first And we would make sure that it was just Ange and I at the very end. And we had the hockey sticks and all the gear in there and the hockey sticks down the middle all the way from the console to the back to the hatch. And um, there wasn't enough seats for everybody. And it was working perfectly. Because I got in the front seat and I said, Well, I guess you'll have to sit on my lap. And and I'm sure Ange was thinking, Oh Jesus, you've answered my prayers with this young man. (laughs) really I was like Whoa. and, and I, had, I had worked it out perfectly I had the plan it was orchestrated it was all coming together and there I, I, I looked up at her and she came and sat on my lap I was in heaven and there she was and I had my arm around her and she smelled so good and I was like this is my chance this is my opportunity I am going to win her over and I said okay we're all good you're all in and I, and I slammed the car door That's when she let out this ungodly scream. And I looked up out of the cool Mustang window and I could see her finger bent at a very weird awkward angle. And she had kind of been going like this and scooting herself in and propping her and I closed the car door and all of my love dreams just went away in that moment. (laughs) It was going so perfect. It, it was, couldn't have been a better, more orchestrated plan. And it all went to hell in a handbasket very, very quickly. And um, you know, luckily she's full of grace and we ended up getting married. Don't look at her one finger, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> but um, this is so similar to how we try, to overcome sin on our own, how we try to find our way out of the darkness. We, we come up with all the best motives and all the best intentions and all the best plans, and we're gonna do it this way, and we're gonna do it good, and we're gonna and and, and all of these things happen, but despite our best intentions, we make a mess out of things. In fact, Paul goes on, Romans 7:21, a few verses down, he says this, and I think this is so applicable. He says, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. That is our flesh. That is our sin nature. That's being in spiritual darkness, that part of us that just is kind of there and we can't overcome on our own. Every one of us is born into spiritual darkness of sin. And Jesus is the only one who can rescue us from that. And what I love about the verses in Colossians is it says Jesus rescues us from the dominion of darkness, from this part of our life where sin lives, this part of our life where we're outside of the light of Jesus. Jesus rescues us from that kingdom. By transferring us into his kingdom. And the Greek word for transfer is most often translated as convey. And it was used to describe the transfer of power from one kingdom to another. When the the Greek kingdom fell to the Romans, to the Roman Empire... All of the land, all of the property, all of the soldier, everything that was around was transferred to the Roman emperor. He was now the authority. It was his. Jesus transfers us from one kingdom into another. Convey is also known as a legal term. We still use it to this day. In the Greek, it was used in the same way, that to describe the transfer of ownership of property or real estate. When property changes ownership, the transaction goes through conveyance. And this ensures that the full price is paid, that the deal is closed, that all of the legal requirements are fulfilled, and that the new ownership is registered Properly. It goes through conveyance. And Colossians 1 says Jesus transfers us. He conveys us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light by purchasing our freedom and forgiving our sins. Jesus bought our freedom by laying down his own life. He overcame the power of sin and death when he walked out of the empty tomb. The resurrection of Jesus shifts the balance of power in the cosmos. Something is broken, something changes. It's why the scriptures declare, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Because your hold over humanity is broken. Because there's a way out of the darkness. Because the light of Jesus has pierced the darkness. It has created a way. Jesus has made a way for you and I out of the darkness, of our sin, and ourselves. And there's an invitation to each one of us to know the resurrection life of Jesus beyond just an event in history, but to welcome that same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead into our lives, to host and welcome the Holy Spirit. We call it our heart, our spirit, our soul. It's when we open up our innermost self and we welcome Jesus. We say, we believe in you. Take that part of me. Take out the darkness. Take out the sin, the lostness, and help me to be grounded in you. May the light of your love and your kingdom reside within my innermost being. 1 Peter 2.9 says, Jesus called us out of darkness Into his glorious light. And the word call is to get attention, it's to call value on something. Jesus called us out of darkness into his glorious light. And so I would ask Has Jesus called you out of darkness? Have you heard his voice? Have you heard the voice of Jesus say, come to me. I will help you. Have you heard the voice of Jesus say, come into the light of my kingdom. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be without hope. You don't have to be in despair anymore. There is more. And church, I would suggest this, that that call of Jesus is given to each one of us. It's not just this event in history, the resurrection life of Jesus that calls us out of the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of light comes to each one of us, even to this day, even to this moment. Have you opened your heart to Jesus in that way? Maybe it's been a long time since you've done that. Maybe you feel like the darkness has kind of been creeping back in. And you've been without hope. You've been without purpose. You've been looking and wondering to other things. And Jesus would call back. Jesus would call us back. Maybe you've never made that decision before that commitment before you can do that even now I'm actually want to lead us just in a quick moment of prayer before we step into baptisms in a moment why don't you just uh bow your heads I invite you to do this as a, an act of community with one another just bow your heads maybe close your eyes and just think about that question has Jesus called you out of the darkness and as I pray, I said, Jesus, in this moment, you know every heart. You know every person here. You know every story. You know exactly where they stand spiritually. And you love each one of us the same. You love each one of us with your whole heart. And you gave your life. You paid for our freedom and the forgiveness of our sins with your own life. And for those that have not made that commitment, may they now, even in this moment, just open their heart to you, welcome you in, and say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive my sin. Forgive my past. I don't want to try to do this on my own. I've made a mess out of some things. Help me to overcome. Help me to do better. Strengthen me. Give me direction. And may we all Remember you, Jesus. May we all reflect on the significance of the resurrection and open our heart to you this Easter weekend. In Jesus' name, amen.